Welcome to Second City Stars. We are reading through the book of Psalms together. And if you remember from last week, Psalms is a book in the Bible that is right in the middle. So we're going to be reading one of my favorite Psalms today, which is chapter 46. So this is Psalm 46. God is our place of safety. He gives us strength. He is always there to help us in times of trouble. The earth may fall apart, the mountains may fall into the middle of the sea, but we will not be afraid. The waters of the sea may roar and foam, the mountains may shake when the waters rise, but we will not be afraid. God's blessings are like a river, they fill the city of God with joy. That city is the holy place where the Most High God lives. Because God is there, the city will not fall. God will help it at the beginning of the day. Nations are in disorder, kingdoms fall. God speaks and the people of the earth melt in fear. The Lord who rules over all is with us. The God of Jacob is like a fort to us. Come and see what the Lord has done. See the places he has destroyed on the earth. He makes wars stop from one end of the earth to the other. He breaks every bow, he snaps every spear. He burns every shield with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored among the nations. I will be honored in the earth. The Lord who rules over all is with us. The God of Jacob is like a fort to us. So this Psalm teaches us a few things about God. We learn that God is always going to be there for us, no matter what. He is our place of safety and he gives us strength. Even when bad things happen, we know that we can always trust in God because he loves us and we don't have to be afraid. And we also learn from this Psalm that God loves to give people blessings and he loves to fill them with joy. And God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to come to the earth so that Jesus would take the punishment for all the bad things or sin that people do. And what Jesus did allows us to be able to speak with God here on earth and also be with him forever in heaven. And all that you have to do, all that I have to do, is just believe in Jesus and choose to trust and love God. So let's turn back to Psalm 46 and memorize verse 1. Verse 1 says, God is our place of safety. He gives us strength. He is always there to help us in times of trouble. Psalm 46, 1. So we'll say the first part. God is our place of safety. And now the second part. He gives us strength. And then the last part. He is always there to help us in times of trouble. So we'll say all three parts together. God is our place of safety. He gives us strength. He is always there to help us in times of trouble. Psalm 46, one. Great job. And so remember from this Psalm, we learn that God is our place of safety he gives us strength and he's always there to help us whenever we need him. 
All right, let's say a prayer to God. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you keep us safe and that you bring us joy. We pray that we would continue to learn about you, help us to love you more, help us to hear when you're speaking to us, and help us to listen and obey what you have said to us in the Bible. And we love you, God, and we thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me. Now we'll sing some songs. This song is called Jesus Loves the Little Children. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus died for all the children, all the children of the world. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus died for all the children of the world. Jesus rose for all the children, all the children of the world. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus rose for all the children of the world. This song is called, God is So Good. God is so good. God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to me. He cares for me, He cares for me, He cares for me, He's so good to me. I love Him so. called Deep and Wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. For you, he died. For you, he died. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. For you and me and all mankind, there's a fountain. 
All right, hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. Before we get started today, let's consider this our lobby moment where we have an opportunity to get to know one another. If you would, please share your name and maybe from where you might be worshiping with us today. In just a moment here, you'll see a countdown letting us know that worship is about to begin, and you can prepare your heart during that time. But we just wanted you to know that we're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. And once again, welcome. Welcome, Second City Church. Um, we ask that you join us now as we worship the Lord in song, just meditating on His grace and His love for us. So this first song is called Amazing Grace. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory. The King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless with awe and wonder? The King of holy, the King above all kings. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. They take my place they would bear my cross you would lay down your life that I would be set free oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me who brings my chaos who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who rules the nations? Who rules the nations? With truth and justice, shines like the sun and all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. 
that you've done for me. Sing oh. worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Sing it again. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy. Oh, worthy. 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 This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. They would take my place. They would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I may be set Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the grace that you've shown, the grace that sustains us. Thank you, Father. Celebrate this grace. Cast my mind, I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus fled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed
and you sustain my existence. You sustain my existence. Breathing to life from the ground. From the morning until dark. Faithful, you are God. It's like we depend. i 
Hi, welcome to Second City Church. I'm Sarah Baker, campus missionary at Second City, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. Before we get started with announcements, please take a moment to prayerfully invite someone to church by sharing this live stream link and checking us out on YouTube. Throughout today's message, click the Request Prayer button, and we will be honored to stand with you in prayer in a private chat thread. Prayer counselors are standing by now or any time throughout the message. At Second City Church, our vision is Christ, community, and culture. We're here to worship Jesus Christ, share life together in community, and be empowered to impact our culture by bringing the kingdom of God in every sphere of influence. Here's some ways to practically get connected. At the end of today's message, you'll see an opportunity in the chat box to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life today. Click the link so we can get connected with you and help you get started in this amazing new life with Jesus. You can join a community group by going to our website. Join a group to get connected with others and practically apply God's word in our lives. Navigate over to secondcitychurch.com and click the culture tab to find all the ways to engage our culture with the good news of Jesus and bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Water baptisms are Sunday, November 7th at 2 p.m. Join us at the ministry center as we celebrate those who are being water baptized. If you yourself desire to be water baptized, please talk to one of our pastors or your community group leader. This Friday, November 5th is First Friday Fast and Prayer from 7 to 8 p.m. Join us for a monthly time of prayer and fasting this Friday. We will come together at 7 p.m. for an hour of powerful worship and intercession, seeking God's kingdom to come again on earth as it is in heaven. Please register on the website and for the details and location. Now let's continue our time of worship through giving. 2 Chronicles 28:25 says, In every city of Judah he made high places to make offerings to other gods, provoking to anger the Lord the God of his fathers. Today we bring offerings to the most high God, Lord of lords, King of kings, Jesus Christ. There is none that compare to him and him alone. We bring our offerings and worship. Let's pray. Jesus, you alone, God, deserve our praise and our adoration and our offerings. God, you are high and lifted up. Your ways are so much higher than ours. God, but yet, Jesus, you came down to broken humanity to make yourself known and to pay the price for our sin, giving us a second chance, second life in Jesus, and the opportunity for forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Father, open our hearts and our minds to what you want to do in and through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we'll have a message. All right, today I actually have the distinct privilege of introducing to many of you for the first time, Pastor Joel McPente. And Pastor Joel has been an international minister with our Greater Every Nation ministry for several decades now. He has not only been the lead pastor of most recently our one of our churches in Detroit, Michigan, but has also been working at large with our greater body to help train leaders to help impart 
principles of not only pastoral care, but also relationship building through ministry, and then also, even more importantly, in the home. At large, he and his wife, Jenny, uh, teach many and lead many of our marriage retreats, and most recently even did a relationship seminar for the people of Second City Church during the pandemic, and boy, how we all needed that. And so, with that in mind, it's our great honor to welcome Pastor Joel McPente, and would you open your heart to him today as he delivers the Word of God to us. Hello, Second City Church. Um, my name is Joel, and I'm thankful and honored to be here sharing the word with you today. Uh, thank you, Pastor Roland, for having me. Appreciate you. Appreciate your life. Appreciate uh, your, your, you know, just, just being the pastor of my children, my sons. And I'm so honored to be part of what you're doing here in Chicago. And then so I, um, I would like to uh, share some things with you that uh, hopefully will encourage you. Um, we are beginning a series and um, this series is going to be how to follow Jesus, what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We're familiar with a lot of things. We're familiar with the miracles that Jesus did, the teachings that he, uh, that he told the people. But also, we, uh, Jesus did more than just attract the crowds. He made disciples. And furthermore, He also expects His disciples to make disciples. And so not only did He make disciples, but He expects all of us to make disciples too. Now, before Christians were called Christians, they were actually called disciples first. And a disciple in the time of Jesus is someone who followed or someone who followed and learned um, under a teacher or a rabbi. And um, a disciple in the time of Jesus is somebody who would follow a rabbi and uh, maybe for years and listen to his teachings and just follow and copy what he does and learn from that rabbi with the hope that one day he's going to do the same thing. And so this concept of discipleship is familiar with the people during the time. People are aware and they know who Jesus is. They know that he's a rabbi and he is someone who's going to teach the people and, and also help people learn more about what he does. So I want to start with Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. Um, in the ESV version, it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Matthew 16, 24 says that then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let's begin with a word of prayer as we 
unpack these verses. Father, thank you for calling us. Thank you for calling us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But Father, we're grateful that not only did you do that for us, you prepared a way for us to know more about your kingdom in order that we can help others discover not just your kingdom, but the king of that kingdom. Father, help us today as we talk about what it means to be a disciple. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to talk about the call to come, a call to follow, and a call to be. And that's what we see from the scriptures that we, uh, we just read. Um, I have some good news for you before I proceed. Um, I was watching the preseason games of the Chicago Bulls um, just the other night, and it looks like the United Center will be loud again. Looks like a lot of good things are happening in our roster, the Chicago Bulls roster. Well, that reminds me, 1995, it was my first time to visit the United States. By the way, I'm from the Philippines. I was born there and grew up there. But in 1995, I had an opportunity to visit the United States. We uh, flew in to uh, San Francisco, and the day after that, we went straight to Chicago to visit my brother. And so the day we arrive in Chicago, the first order of the day is to go to the United Center. Why? Because 1995, for those of you already alive at the time, that was the era where Michael Jordan and the Bulls were on the top of their game and they, were, they, were, uh, they had their three-peat and their other three-peats. And so I remember during the time I remember there was a documentary about Mike, Michael Jordan. And the title of the documentary is Come Fly With Me. And I can't forget the beginning of that documentary about him. And this is what he said. He said, hi, my name is Michael Jordan, and I want to take you to a trip with me and discover the secret that I've known for many years. That man was truly destined to fly. You know, we might not be able to fly like Michael Jordan, but we've, we're actually destined for something greater than flying, as Michael Jordan would say, something that would impact not just a few people, but would impact people and not just in one generation, but for generations. Their lives will be, we, are destined to impact the lives of the people for God, not just here, but even in eternity. In essence, as we talk about discipleship, the first call on our lives is to be with Jesus and to be sent by Him to bring freedom and life to others. And that's the essence of discipleship, is to be with Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to know Him and to know His plans for our lives, and then to bring along somebody else to follow and to walk in the path that He led us to walk into. Jesus is calling us to take this trip with Him because the truth is, each one of us need to heed to the call of Jesus to come to Him, to follow Him, and to be fishers of men. So, but why is discipleship so important? 
Why is it necessary to make disciples? Why can't we just enjoy being a Christian and know that we're, you know, that we're, uh, our eternal destination is secure? And why is it necessary for Jesus to gather those 12 disciples, walk with them for three years, and taught them everything that he knew? Discipleship is important because we want people to become fully committed followers of Christ. Discipleship helps us to walk with Jesus in a way that truly honors Him. Discipleship helps believers to grow in their faith, to grow in maturity and wisdom, and build their faith on a strong foundation so that they can disciple and lead others towards Christ. Discipleship, according to Jesus, is a call. A call, the first one, it is a call to come. The first step in being a disciple is to come to Jesus. Simply put, Jesus, when he called his disciples, the first thing he said was to come. When Jesus called his disciples, they were not, they didn't have any slight idea of what Jesus is calling them into. Not totally. They had an idea. He was a rabbi during the time. And, and they probably heard some of his teachings. But he had no idea what, what was in store for them. I remember when I first heard the gospel, I was invited in the church, my wife and I. And we heard the message of the gospel for the first time. And I, I can still remember the, the scripture was, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it was new for me because all the while I thought that nobody would die for me except I got if I, unless I get my act together. But I realized that day my wife and I, we gave our lives to the Lord. We, we acknowledge Him and we receive Him and surrendered our lives to Him as our Lord and Savior. But that's what we thought was in store for us. I thought that was it. Little did I know that God was calling us into a life of discipleship. I'm thankful that from that point on, there were people for me and for my wife who helped us continue to walk with Jesus, continue to know Him and follow Him, and help us and define for what, what discipleship is about. Well, for Jesus, He said it was a call to come. What does that mean? Well, Colossians 1, 15, 20 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This is about Jesus. He, this scripture is talking, Paul is talking about who Jesus is. And say, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him. And for him, and it's before all things, and in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. 
when Jesus told his future disciples to come, he wasn't power tripping. He wasn't like, just want to show them that he has power and authority over them. Jesus' confidence to call his disciples is based on who he is and not who the disciples were. Jesus knows his divinity and the disciples understood their humanity. We respond to the call of God, not because of what we can promise that we'll do for him, but simply because Jesus is worthy. So the call, the call of Jesus to come is his understanding of who he is, that he is calling you to follow him because of who he is. My, uh, my son, I live with my son now, um, uh, and he's married with two children. And he has a, his eldest son, well, his eldest uh, child is Jack, and he's four years old now. And I, I you know, he's, he's, he's just learning how it is to obey his dad. He's just learning things. He's very um, curious about things. And a lot of times I would hear Joseph, my son, call his son. He probably is, sometimes he's playing in the playroom and, and it's time for dinner. And, and Joseph will call him and he would say, Jack, come. And Jack sometimes will answer back and say, uh, but, but, but why, Dada? That's what he called him. And he said, well, I, I, because I'm calling you. I said, but why? You know, it, it, what Joe actually mean is this, when he says, I'm calling you, is because I'm your father and you are my son. When Jesus called the disciples, he was saying, he's simply saying, because of who I am, I'm calling you because not because your ability to follow me, but because of who I am. And the Bible says that he is before all things, that in him everything holds together. He is the, the creme de la creme. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Therefore, he has the right to call you and to demand from you. In 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. First, it says here, Peter was saying, we got to set our hearts at the, at the place where Christ is fully honored as the Lord. That's what it means when Jesus uh, called you to come to him. He's saying, I have the right because I am the King of kings and the Lord, but also it means putting him at the center of your heart. When we set apart Christ as Lord, it eventually gonna change us. Peter says those who observe us will notice the difference if we continue to walk. Jesus was calling us to a place where we surrender everything to him. That's what it means to be called to come to him. Other version, the first Peter, 315, the message translation so says that through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. I like what Peter 
14, said this. I said, he said that the duty of every soul is to find not its freedom, but its master. The beginning of discipleship is a call to come to Jesus. And that means making him and acknowledging him as God. But at the same time, putting him and revering him as Lord of your life. Acknowledging that he is Lord of your life. When I was a new Christian, one of the things that I learned from the person who helped me walk with Jesus was Pastor Steve. He would always tell me that, you know, I would go to him and, and tell him, you know, it's just difficult, this decision, this decision is hard. He said, Joel, you have passed the hardest decision. And the hardest decision that you're going to make in life is whom you're going to serve. And the rest will be easier. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be easier. The hardest decision that we're going to do in life is who are we going to follow? And Jesus, from the onset, he said, come. It's a call to come to acknowledge that he is Lord over our lives. Then also, a call to come is because he delivers us. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 29 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is calling us to himself, not to burden us, but also to deliver us. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The message, I like the message translation of these verses. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Again, he's telling you, telling each one of us to come to him. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Some people want to recover the life somewhere else. The only place that you will recover your life is to come to Jesus and receive his peace and his rest. And this is what he says, I'll show you how to take a rest, a real rest. Walk with me and walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay, a, lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus called to come is not to harm us, but to, not to deprive us, but for us to find rest for our souls. When he called his disciples, his first disciples come, he was saying, I want to deliver you. Yes, I am King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yes, I demand absolute obedience from you. But here's the reason. Because I want to give you rest. It's, we're all familiar with the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus one night and he said, uh, you know, how could, I have it, how could I have eternal life? And he narrated and he gave Jesus the list of things that he's done. I've done this, I've done that. But Jesus said, one more thing. You miss one more thing. 
why don't you sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor? And again, he said, come and follow me. You know, sometimes we think Jesus doesn't just, just want to deprive us of things. That rich young ruler had everything that he needed in life. And yet, the Bible says that he walked away from Jesus sad because he had great wealth. Jesus doesn't want to deprive us. He wants to give us life. He wants to give us rest. And that's what it means to come to Jesus. Jesus wanted to deliver him from that slavery, but he chose otherwise. The second thing, first is the call to come. And the second thing is, discipleship is a call to follow. He said, come, follow me. Mark 8, 34 to 37 says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and fulfill his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? The call to follow, Jesus said, in order for you, you come to me and in order for you to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. The call to follow means we have to follow Jesus before self, before we follow what we want. You know, I want to be honest to you. I just hate following. Uh, I remember the first few times that I, you know, my family and I visited the United States. Uh, I knew how to drive, but it's one thing to drive in the Philippines, and it's another thing to drive in the United States. For those of you who have been to the Philippines, you probably understand what I'm talking about. And so, I, one of the things that my host, my relatives will tell me is, all right, you can drive, but here's what we're going to do. Just follow where we're going to go. Just follow us. And a big part of me would not want to do that because one, I don't have any control where I'm going to go. I, all my eyes are on the plate number or the uh, license plate of the car that I'm following and that's all I see. I don't get to see the other stuff, the views around me because I'm focused on just following what's ahead of me. And I hated it. Following is not something that I like. You know, I've, most of us use Waze. I use Waze uh, a lot of times because I'm pretty new here in Chicago. And so a lot of times I'll put my destination just like anyone who would use Waze. And then I'll, you know, I'll look at the, like the overview of the whole trip, like where it's going to turn, what would be the next turn, what would be the next street. And then I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just use it. But I will use it up to a certain point. But once I get to a place where things are kind of familiar to me, 
things are, uh, I think I've been here before and I know this place, what I normally would do is turn off Waze and stop relying on Waze. And that reminds me a lot about my attitude towards Jesus sometimes. I would follow him, I would pray fervently when things are just uncertain and there are things that I'm in a crossroad and I don't know where I'm gonna go. But once the scenery has become familiar, once things are, oh, I've done this before, I think I could do it this time again, I'll turn off God in my life. My dependence on God diminishes when I see things that are familiar to me. I tend to depend on myself rather than depend on God. To follow, the call to follow is to deny ourselves, to say, Jesus, let your will be done. I like what Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says from the ESV version says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. A lot of times we lean, we put our weight, we put our dependence on things that maybe we've trusted in the past. But Jesus, your God is saying, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Not just in some of your ways, not on ways that are uh, not familiar and you want to be dependent on Him, but it's the Bible saying depend on Him, acknowledge Him in all your ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's what it means to deny self. To say no to yourself, no to what you want. And say, God, I depend on you. I'm not going to turn you off just because I know this place before. I've been here before. But I will continue to trust you. I will continue to rely on you. Because I want to follow you. Also, it says, in order to follow him, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross. Following Jesus involves you giving up your comfort. The narrow path is always the path least taken, but it always leads to life. Jesus going to the cross brought salvation to mankind. He said, if you could take this cup from me the night before he was betrayed, and yet he went on and accepted the will of God. He went to the cross, and because of that, we can now stand before God because of His mercy and grace and forgiveness through that cross. And now we have a relationship with God where we could know Him and we could follow Him and, and live our lives according to what He has purpose for us to accomplish. Follow Jesus before comfort. And the third thing, Following Jesus is a call to come, a call to follow, and a call to be. And he said, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, come and follow. And I, Jesus, will be the one who will make you into fishers of men. Discipleship 
is simply the willingness to embrace God, His purpose for your life, and to accept and embrace whatever that may be. And we all know that He is trustworthy and He has the best in store for us. John 15, 16 verse says that you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will remain. It's not for us. He says, Jesus said that I will be the one who will make you fishers of men. All we needed to do is to show up and be available for him. All we needed to do is to first come to him and say, God, you are the King of kings and the Lord of your, you are before everything. You are the Alpha and Omega and acknowledge him for who he is. And then to acknowledge that he is Lord over our lives, that he deserves to be Lord over our lives. And then also because he wants to give us rest. Then we follow him and we follow him by denying ourselves, denying the things that, that our flesh want, that we want rather than God wants. I remember Peter, when Jesus said that I'm about to go to the cross, Jesus, Peter said, that can't be. We can't let that happen. And Jesus looked at him and said, you don't have the mind of Christ. Our understanding or our will have to line up with the will of God. Why? Because He's a great God and a good God who wants the best for us. Lastly, and I want to end with this, Matthew 28, this is towards the end of Jesus' life before He went back to heaven. He showed up and he gathered his disciples again, and we're all familiar with this. In Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Not to us, but to Jesus. Jesus has all the authority, not us. And he said, Go therefore, because I have the authority that I have, I'm letting you go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And here's the clincher. He said, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know what? I want to borrow my friend's statement. Pastor Joey would always say this. That discipleship is relationship. The call to discipleship is really Jesus calling us to walk with Him. It's not just to do the tasks that His unfinished business here on earth, but it says here, Behold, I am with you always. As I follow Him and as I heeded to the call of God, the, the calling of God in my life. And as I heeded to the call to, to reach out to other people, I've come to know God in a better way, in a greater way. I would not know Him more than I know Him now had it not because 
He called me. He didn't call me. He called me to walk with the people that He called me to walk with. He said, Behold, I will be with you to the end of the age. My greatest reward and our greatest reward as we make disciples is to be with Jesus in our journey of being and making disciples. And that's the essence of discipleship. The first call of my life is to be with Jesus, to come and to follow Him. That's what discipleship is about. To be with Him, to walk with Him, to know Him. And to be sent by Him to bring freedom and life to others. That is the essence of discipleship that He's offering to us today. He's calling us to come to Him. He's calling us to follow Him, even if we don't understand. Even if it doesn't line up with what we know or our plans. We just need to trust Him and obey Him and see where He's going to lead us to. And be willing to be called and to be molded by God. He said, I'm going to make you. Be whatever God wants you to be for His glory. Maybe you're called in the business. Maybe you're called in the entertainment world. Maybe you're called in education. Whatever it is that your God called you specifically to do in life, the bottom line is we're all called to follow Jesus. And wherever He takes us, that's the greatest reward is to be with Him and to know Him. So I just want to pray for us this morning. And just thank God that He called us into this life of discipleship. Father, thank You. Thank You, Jesus, for leading the way for us. Some of you are listening to this message and wondering, I, I don't even know. You know, I, I, how could I even follow someone that I don't know? Maybe the place, the first place to begin is to come to that place of acknowledging and knowing that somebody died for your sins because you cannot. There's somebody who paid the penalty of your sins and that's the beginning point of following Jesus is to come first to a place where you embrace and accept the free gift that is offering you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these people who just like the disciples, they had no idea where you're going to take them. But Father, I pray that you begin today as they acknowledge the need for you and the need for redemption for their sins. I pray right now that you would help them, that you would reveal yourself to them, that you would extend your grace to them right now. And I pray, Father, that you would, that Lord, that they would know you as their Lord and their Savior today. For those who are intending to follow Jesus, God is not expecting a lot from us. He's just asking us to come to Him, to come and to follow Him, and He'll do the rest for us. 
He'll be the one who would part the Red Sea for us. He'll be the one who will make things happen. But He just wants us to make that first step. He discipled His 12. It's now our time to first be a disciple. But also God wants to use you to help other people follow Jesus. Father, I pray for these people. Lord, I pray that we will all be disciples who would acknowledge you as Lord of our lives, that we would, Lord, continue to understand and know who you are, that you are the King of Kings, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I pray, Father, that, that this path that you're calling us into would not be burdensome, but it will be a joy to know and to walk in it, that you're calling us to a place of rest where you, where we can enjoy the freedom that you've intended us to have. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would lead us to people whom you've called before the beginning and the foundation of this earth to know you. Use each one of us in helping people find you and know you and know your purposes for them. For you have destined us, God to be followers of Jesus. We thank you. We rejoice that you have a great plan for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome you back to worship. Let's just continue to praise the goodness of God and how he freed us from death and sin. Thank you, Jesus. Sing alone. Alone in my sorrow and dead to my sin. Lost without hope and no place to be there. Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains And my orphan heart was given a name My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new now life begins with you. It's your endless love. It's your endless love pouring You have made us new, now life begins with you. Released from my chain, I'm my prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom, he faithfully bore. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested and my life began, Oh, your grace, oh, your grace, 
Rejoices still heaven of love. But then Jesus rose with a freedom in hand. When death was arrested and my life began. That's when death was arrested and my life began. All your grace. All your grace so free washes over. your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us new now life begins with you. Oh, we're free. Oh, we're free. Free. Forever we're free. Come join the song of all the was arrested and my life began. Oh, we're free, free, forever we're free. Come join the song of all the reasons. Yes, we're free, free, forever we're free. Yes, we're arrested and my life began. When death was arrested and my life began. When death was arrested and my life began. All right, we hope that you were encouraged by that last worship set and are once again filled with the strength that comes from the knowledge of God's great love for you. We're going to continue to talk about these things in our community groups this week. So if you've not yet found an option, please do visit our website where you can find both in-person and virtual suggestions for you. We'll be praying for you, so let us know how we can be standing with you. And do think about how you can share this link with others who also need to be spurred on by the grace of God towards them. Invite those same people with you to service next week. And until then, have a wonderful week in the Lord. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon.